Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the season four finale of Quarantine for Your Thoughts. As always, I'm Ryan Carter. And I'm John Irvin, and I want to be the first to say, what is this, season four, episode 20? Episode 20. Blaze it. <laughs> um, yeah, we're happy to have you all back, <laughs> and uh, we are very excited for the summer break. Um, we so. are. Um, we left you with a little bit of a cliffhanger uh, last week by not telling you all of our Colorado trip, but we didn't want to talk at you for an hour and a half straight, so... <laughs> Boop, boop. Um, boop, boop. <laughs> Joke's on God, us. I hate that Danny has us both saying that now. I know. That piece of shit. So before we get started on our uh, finale day, I did have one thing that we forgot to mention last week. When we went up to... I don't. I thought you were going to respond. My bad. Um, when, <laughs> when we went up to Sapphire Point, which is uh, the last day we covered, um, we saw a couple of little chipmunks i guess oh i forgot about those guys so as we walked up i saw like one maybe two and there was like a little girl feeding it grapes or seeds or something um and then i saw three and four and five there were maybe 15 or 20 of those things running around and they were very used to humans big too for chipmunks like fit one in your hand but like those things those things were eaten well chunky boys Um, (laughs) But they were clearly very used to humans um, because as we were leaving, um, somebody <laughs> decided to touch his little butt. There was one just in the trail. We were walking towards it. I was like, I don't have any food, but can I pet you? And so I like reached down and the little guy just didn't move. So I just like, I just pet the little guy for a couple I, of minutes. I thought it was going to like freak out and run. It didn't even flinch. That he thing was like, He leaned into right. it. He was yeah. excited for it. Made me happy. I love animals. If you guys don't know. Um hmm. The furrier, the better. Um, well, you'll love me then. No. No. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, Sapphire Point was gorgeous and the chipmunks were cute. Um, and then we got to the day that we have been waiting for for three years. <laughs> um, but uh, since the gate opened at like five o'clock, we had a day to kill. Um, so we, did we went real to the botanical, <laughs> yeah, we hit everything in Denver. We went to the botanical garden at first, which was, um, actually quite large, surprisingly. Uh, yeah. Beautiful. They had a bunch of different, well, exhibits really. I mean, like a, a, most of it was outdoor, but they did have a couple of like indoor greenhouses, um, for like tropical plants, um, which was super cool. Yeah, so, I mean, oh, good. Yeah, so they had a corpse flower, um, which many of you may know. Um, it blooms like once every seven years, but it also smells like a dead body when it blooms. Um, theirs was not in full bloom, unfortunately, but uh, it was there. Or so. fortunately, depending on how you view that. Um, but what was really cool was like the tropical greenhouse. The center of it had this like spiral staircase that was, I think, supposed to emulate like walking up into a tree. Um mm-hmm. So when you walked up it, you were like in the foliage and you got to the top like viewing platform and you're just surrounded by greenery. Um, it was pretty cool. Uh, I mean, the end of the day it was just a bunch of plants. Um, uh. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Most of it was stuff that we were actually pretty familiar with too. Um, mm-hmm. Just being plant lovers. Um, but they had a really pretty like, they had split it up into, I guess, uh, cultural type uh gardens so they had like victorian gardens they had bonsai gardens they had typical japanese like koi pond uh waterfront gardens um they had one what was the one it's like jesus something or uh, oh uh scripture garden scripture garden yep um we walked into that and i was like i do not belong here yeah we were like we might spontaneously catch fire it's like walking into a church for us um uh and then they had like a path of roses it was just like a gorgeous garden with like just a shit ton of rose bushes that went to this huge house that you couldn't go and it was like the staff offices um but it was gorgeous i mean the the gardens were really pretty uh it probably took us about a half an hour 45 minutes to walk through the whole thing um that was nice and then we uh 
That's cute. He went over to... Oh, go ahead. Oh, that was it. It was just cute. <laughs> um, oh. I, I will say, we saw a lot fewer characters than we normally do. Like, when John and I go anywhere, usually we're like, have all these stories about these crazy people that did something weird or something funny, and we don't really have any of those from this trip. I... Other than the person screaming your name that we don't know. Yeah. Um, but we did meet a lot of nice people. So like yeah. the folks the folks on your plane on the way in and somebody you'll t- we'll talk about at the concert. Um, tons of nice people. A lot of nice people. Um, so after we went to the gardens, we went over to the Denver Zoo because we both like animals too. Um, probably spent an ha- hour and a half there. Um, mm-hmm. I liked were, it. I liked it a lot. It was very cool. And like, it was nice because we got there early. So like pretty much all the animals were out and about mm-hmm. somewhere in their enclosure. Um, pretty large diversity in species. They, they claimed that they had over 4,000 animals at the zoo. Um, so that was cool. Yeah. Um, my favorite part being an elephant lover is that they had like just a huge elephant enclosure that spanned a good quarter of the park. Um, and all the elephants were out and just very active, very close to the fences too. So it was like, go ahead. I have an elephant story that has been blowing up on the internet. Is it an actual Um, elephant or just a big fat person? It's an actual elephant. Okay. (laughs) You fucking bitch. Okay. So I only know this story like fifth hand. Um, so I'm going to tell it to you as I understand it, but, um, it starts out quite unfortunately. So this woman um, was throwing rocks at this elephant in India. And I guess it was so that poachers could take the elephant's kids. Very unfortunate. Um, but the elephant killed the woman. Um, uh, and then they obviously had a funeral for this woman. And the elephant showed up and destroyed her funeral and the town. Uh, uh, the elephant like, had a bone to pick. <laughs> Uh, oh, uh oh, well, shouldn't have been uh, doing that to elephants. An elephant never forgets. What? So I missed, I think you cut out a little bit. What did she do to it at the beginning? She was throwing rocks at it so oh, the poachers well then, yeah, could take she, the babies. She deserves it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you said she was protecting it from poachers. Oh, no, no, no. No, no she, she, was she earned that. them. She, mm-hmm. yeah, she brought that on herself. That is, as your mom like, would say, instant karma. Mm-hmm. A natural consequence. A natural consequence, yeah. Let's throw rocks at the gigantic animal that is known to have the best memory on the planet and then see what happens. Just pray the to God fact, that it doesn't follow you home. Yeah, the fact that she, the old girl elephant came back and destroyed the town and the funeral, I was like, oh. Yeah, that, that's vengeful. Ooh. I love that it was smart enough to understand that the funeral was for her. Like, mm-hmm. one thing to kill the woman, fine. Maybe even if you knew where she lived, destroy her house. But to come back to her funeral and then just take it out on everybody? Wild. Yeah, so, I mean, listen, I'm sure that town learned the lesson. And did you say it was African or Asian elephant? Uh, it had to be Asian. This was in India. Interesting, because they don't have particularly large tusks, usually. Um, most of the time when you hear about poachers doing the ivory hunt, it's for African elephants because they have huge tusks. Um, well, since they were taking the babies, I assume they were oh, selling the elephants. That's sad. As as alive. <laughs> as alive. <laughs> um, but yeah. Well, good for that elephant. I'm proud of her. Yeah, old girl fucked up the whole town. <laughs> <clears throat> well, thankfully, none of the elephants at the zoo were vengeful that we know of. Um, they all seemed pretty happy and content and were definitely show-offs. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. They loved pictures. People were taking pictures. And they were posing. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, elephants are my favorite animal. So, like, I was in heaven. I was just enjoying the fact that I was standing, like, 15 feet tops from my favorite animal. Um, <laughs> but they had a pretty cool exhibit where you could, like, walk through the, like, watering hole. And, like, the rhinos were out there just, like, in the water, chilling. There was monkeys that were walking overhead. Um it was pretty cool. I mean, it was a very elaborate, uh, you know, most of the time you go to the zoo and you're like, oh, that's cool. They're in the pen. Oh, that's cool. They're like over there behind the plexiglass. But at this one, you could like 
<laughs> walk pretty much right up to him. Like, oh, that's cool. They're over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something I say to myself all the time. Oh, that's cool. They're over there. Um, the one, the only one that we were like kind of concerned about was the hippo enclosure. Like the walls weren't that high and the hippo was massive. Like if that thing it, really wanted to get up on its hind legs, it could have. Yeah. I felt like I could have touched it like from where she was, but I guess, I guess old girl was having a good time in that hot tub she was in. I've seen similar views from you in a hot tub. Hmm. <laughs> My tail is not that small. <laughs> Your front tail. Um, <laughs> that one came at me front butt. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, it was a really good zoo, actually. <laughs> me too. It was, it, it was a great yeah. zoo, a, an incredible way to kill some time. Um, they had a fondle take uh, there as well as the aquarium uh, that we talked about last week. Did you fondle? Um, no, fondle I didn't anything fondle in anything. They, there was a lot of people around it, so um, that's one of my favorite children. jokes from. Yes, a lot of children. That's why I didn't go to it. Um, <laughs> uh, that's one of my favorite jokes from Family Guy. They go to like the aquarium. There's like the petting tank, and then there's the fondle tank, and it's like manta rays in the petting tank, and then there's like eels that like <laughs> slip through your hand in the fondle tank. It's disgusting, but it's Family Gross. Guy. Anyways. Um, yeah, so we did that, and we did one more. What was the other touristy thing we did that day? Oh, I think we just went and got food at a local place, right? We went down to Larimer Square. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that was a weird experience, that bar. The restaurant was called The Celtic, and it was very Irish. Like, you walked in, mm-hmm. and it was... I don't know if they had, like, just opened or what. I mean, it was kind of early afternoon, Um but it was big um, and definitely was probably like a cool place to go on a Friday or Saturday night. Um, gambling was, you could just do it right there. Oh, yeah. um, so huge this TVs. was the, f- it was the first time I'd ever seen a sports book inside of like a restaurant. So they had like five or six big TVs where you could watch a bunch of soccer games is what was on then. Um, and then they had a fan duel, like, bookie there mm-hmm. which was something i've never seen in a restaurant and before they had bet slip bins on every table like you could write mm-hmm. a physical bet slip and put in this little like tub on your table it was interesting um and i noticed so the man that was sitting next to us kept going back to a machine to place his bets for horse racing and then he mm-hmm. would come back and watch the race so that was it was super weird but i mean cool i guess it'd be great for the world cup uh, the most interesting part for me was we were sitting there at the table and we heard like slightly overheard two employees talking and we couldn't tell if they were like telling a story about something that happened or if they were talking about their restaurant. All we heard was somebody shit everywhere, but the toilet. <laughs> and we heard that right as I was literally saying to John, I have to get up and go pee. And I was like, how badly time, do I have to pee? <laughs> time to find out if it was current or past. So I had to pee real bad. <laughs> so I go downstairs to this bathroom and I walked in and let me tell you that story had to have been about this place because as soon as I walked in the bathroom, I was like, oh, it smelled like somebody pooped, ate it, and then vomited all of it up. Um, hmm. So I go to the mm. urinal and... <laughs> I can see that the last stall is open, but I can see feet in it facing the toilet. And there's just this man who is going through it. And I couldn't tell if he was cleaning and was struggling or if he was the one who was making the mess. But all I could hear from him was, (laughs) and I was like, oh my God, is it happening now? Like... I had to get out of there because, like, I think he was trying to clean up whatever had happened and not puke. But the smell alone was making me want to puke. And then hearing him, like, like trying not to heave, I was like, oh, I can't. It's time to go. I'm going to lose it. You got to go, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's time to go, girl. Yeah, it was bad. So Um, I had to pee before we even went in that place. And (laughs) you told me that. And I was like, I guess I can hold it. Like. That sensation has left me. Thankfully, we were finishing up our food, which was actually really good. They had like, it was a a very Irish place. Like 
a lot of the food was like traditional Irish food. Like they had, mm-hmm. or I guess Scottish food because they had Scotch eggs. I mean, there was also Irish food. It was probably, you know, all, it was Celtic. It was all that. Celtic. It was Celtic food. Um, it was pretty cool. I only said Irish because my, uh, well, I had Guinness on tap and my sandwich had uh, Guinness cheese sauce and Jameson barbecue sauce. So hmm. I felt also, like it was more Irish. Yeah. Also, the people who I assume were the owners, it was like an older couple and they both had hardcore Irish accents. So, Oh, yeah. But definitely a cool place. I would say if you're like in Denver on like a Friday night, Larimer Square is probably popping and the Celtic is probably a really cool place to go. It was right across the street mm-hmm. from a German restaurant that we wanted to try, right next to a different pub. There was like four more pubs on that street. Um, definitely would have been a cool place to be at night. Oh, yeah. Especially like sports sports times. Oh, yeah. So we went back to the hotel um, and then did a little bit of pregame. And then, as John mentioned, the uh, the gates to the parking lot for the concert that night opened two hours before the gates to the concert opened, which was an hour before the concert started. And that was just the headliner. So it really realistically parking lot opened four hours before glass animals went on. And before we get to that, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors. And for the season finale, I wanted to take a second to thank our sponsor, Anchor, for continuing to keep us going across four seasons now, and all of our lovely patrons over at Patreon who have faithfully been supporting us for pretty much the entire time we've been going and had our Patreon up. Thank you all so much for loving and supporting us, and thank you to all the fans out there who have kept us going and liked and shared our posts and commented. We hope to continue growing and bringing more people in who love to listen. Love to listen and listen to love. Yeah, so where even were we? Where where does this take us? We hit the zoo, we I hit the botanical believe, garden. I believe, well, we were talking about getting ready to go to the concert. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the parking lot opened at 5 p.m. Right, 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 right. Which was two hours before gates opened to the concert. Mm-hmm. Which was an hour before the headliner started, or the opener started, and we which had, was an hour before the headliner started. Yeah, we had no interest in seeing the opener, honestly. So the um, opener had like has a song where he's featured on the headliner's, I guess, song. You know, he's featured. We can call them by name. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, what was what's the opener's name? I always forget. I always His name was Dominic Fike. No, it's not. Sorry. Denzel Curry. Um, right. Not really right. our type of music. It's more rap. Um, and we're not. That's not us, really. Um, and the headliner was Glass Animals, um, you know, a band we've seen a number of times, um, even since we bought the tickets years ago. <laughs> God. And Denzel Curry is featured on my favorite Glass Animal song, Tokyo Drifting. So. Ooh. Which is how the song starts. Um, it is how the song starts. Um, so because we weren't particularly interested in seeing Denzel, we weren't worried about getting there when gates opened. However, we were worried there wasn't going to be great parking if we waited too long to get there. And we wanted to make sure John had time to drink and have a good time before he had to drive us back. Mm-hmm. So we left the hotel around five o'clock and, uh, and got over there a little afterwards. And, um, the cool thing about Red Rocks, which is incredibly aptly named, it's nestled in between these gigantic Red Rocks, um, is hmm. it's a park. So it's not just for the amphitheater. The amphitheater is actually in, like, I guess it's a state park. Uh, yeah, or, I think so. Um, so there's, like, hiking trails and all that around the amphitheater that we didn't get a chance to go to, but were really pretty. And... Um, the, the cool thing about the amphitheater is when you get there in the parking lot and then also in the venue, you're looking not just down onto the amphitheater, but like these gorgeous mountains. And then right behind it is the Denver skyline and the golden skyline. And just like you could probably see for like 100 miles from Red Rocks. Yeah, it was 
absolutely beautiful. We parked. The weather was perfect. Um, we had a couple of beers, had some chips. Um, but we also <laughs> ran into a scenario where um, we kind of evaded the rules, I guess, a little bit. So uh-huh. the the park had rules that you were allowed to tailgate. Mm-hmm. You had to have if you wanted to have a grill, it couldn't be charcoal, it had to be gas. Um, and then if you wanted to drink, it had to be beer or wine, and it could only be in plastic or cans. It couldn't be in glass. Mm-hmm. The issue that we ran into was we went to Target before we went to the concert, and they only sold cans of beer in like sixteen or twenty four packs. Yeah, and then. If they sold a six pack, it was glass bottles. Yeah. So and we were in kind of quite a predicament. I was like, there's no way we're going to drink 16 or 24 beers. And we were leaving the next day. So it's not like we could have saved them and just drank them the next day. So we're like, I guess we get the six pack of bottles. Um, and we had both bought uh, small bottles of liquor when we first got there. Uh, and I still had like half a bottle of whiskey left. So I was planning, I put whiskey in a plastic Coke bottle with Coke and that was what I was going to drink. So I wasn't even planning on drinking beer. Yeah. So we were like, hmm, no way John makes it through. You actually did almost make it through 10 beers on your own, but because um, you had the Bud Lights left over. <laughs> yeah. Either way, uh, wasn't going to drink a like gallons of beer yeah um so we got the bottles we brought them i was like "Eh, i don't think anyone's gonna be like patrolling for a glass that's so dumb so we get there and guess what they were doing the best part was that nobody even paid attention to us for like the first hour and a half like yeah we were there from like 5 30 to 7 i will say that was probably the one place so i kind of lied to you earlier we did see some characters but it was only really at the concert Mm -hmm. um you know, people were out there tailgating, having a good time. They were doing whatever they were doing to have fun. Um, and there was like one parking lot attendant that was like walking around kind of looking at people. And so I have this like, it's not even a Coke bottle. It's a fucking water bottle, like a sippy water <laughs> bottle, like Deer Park with like, and it's dark brown. It's like Coke and vodka or whiskey in there. And uh, so I was drinking out of that like a fucking baby rhinoceros. And um, every time he would walk around, I had to like hide it in the tailgate and like pull out a, a beer instead of pretending like I was drinking that. He never came over to us. And then at the end, like right before John and I were about to go, and we were literally on the last two beers. I did have a couple of beers because I finished my whiskey and John wasn't going to drink all of them. So I, I did have a beer. So we're drinking these cores out of glass bottles. And it's not like we're like, Running around throwing it. We're leaning into the back of the Jeep. Yeah, we were just but, hanging out like NBD. Yeah. So we're drinking out of him and I didn't see him, but all of a sudden John's like, oh my God, he's looking right at me. And I was like, who? Who is looking right at you? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like the parking attendant, hydro glass. And so I'm like, okay, we're good. He walks past the Jeep. Then he kind of does a double take. And all and he, of a sudden... Yeah, he, well, oh, he ahead. said something like into his walkie-talkie, and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> all of a sudden, we just hear these voices. They're like, hey! And we're like, oh, God, who now who? We turn around, and there are four people who have materialized behind Out of us. thin air. Like, literally... Neither of us had any inkling that they were even nearby. And it wasn't like we were stuck between like towering trucks or anything like that. Like everything parked around us was pretty low. Mm-hmm. We could see through most of the parking lot. All of a sudden, these four people, and it wasn't like they were wearing neutral colors. They were fucking tie dye, bright tie dye <laughs> shirts. And, and they show up, and they were tall too. They were tall people. And they show up and they're like, hey, do you guys want some cups before you get in trouble for having glass? And we were like, yep. Yep. <laughs> Thank and you. this girl now. John and I are usually pretty skeptical people when people just offer us shit. I don't know what I was expecting, but what I wasn't expecting was the girl who wasn't like just a random part of the group pulls his backpack off her back and yanks out these gigantic red solo cups and hands them to us. Now the parking attendants, two cars away. We don't really have a choice. We have to just kind of dump our beers in there and just pray. I could not pull them apart at first because they were sticky. And I am glad that you realized that, and I, I hadn't touched them, um, so I was like, all right, cool, whatever. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything because we were already pouring our beers in, but I was like, the only way that these would be sticky is if they had been used before. 
and there's something in there that's making them sticky. Um, we poured them in, and I guess that was enough of a deterrent because the parking attendant walked away. Yeah. So we were also pretty drunk at this point. I don't remember most of our conversation with these strange guardian angels of the parking lot. Um, but <laughs> I do remember that they were asking us some questions. We were just having like kind of casual conversation. And then they were like, do you want to get a picture? And we were like, sure. So I move over to like stand with them thinking they wanted to get a picture with us as if like they know who the fuck we are or anything yeah. like that. They were like, no, we're going to take a picture of you. It's like, oh, okay. So we're like, okay. So then we're posting and they're like, do you, do you want to give us one of your phones so we can take a picture? <laughs> we failed so hard at that interaction. And it wasn't even like they were hot people. Like it wasn't like we were dumbfounded because they were like gorgeous. They were very plain, probably late thirties. I think we were just um, shocked because of all the things that led up to that. But it was so actually, they had this. Yeah, it was really cute. They had like a yeah. frame. Um, on one side it was like, I don't know, Red Rocks Buddies or something. And the other side was like, Red Rocks First Time. Um, so we did that side and you guys can see it on Instagram. Um, but yeah, it was, and then they just left and they were gone. And we, we turned to each other. We were like, well, that was weird. And then we like looked to see if we could find, and they were just, they disappeared. I don't know where the fuck we they went. We couldn't see them. <laughs> And then later we were like in line to go to the bathroom and one of them was just in line behind us. Um, we happened to catch the back of their shirts and it said ambassadors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of the conversation we had with them, they were talking about like working with the park rangers to like mitigate the amount of like glass drinking and stuff like that. So it was, I guess, like a, a check and balance of like, we'll, we'll keep people from using glass if you don't give them tickets right? or like whatever yeah and i think i think i remember her saying they like would volunteer and then i think they get like free access to a show or something yes i don't know if they volunteer at the show they get free access so it sounded like it was a partnership but it felt very weird to us it was like it just we wondered if they were like going around in tandem like they were like two or three rows behind where the parking officer was so then they could just like whoop in and like yeah grab the people who were using the wrong drinkware or whatever very um, possible it just was weird because we were in the middle of a bunch of cars we don't know how they pinpointed us but i wonder if maybe he radioed them mm-hmm. that's very possible i wonder if that's who he radioed and was like hey if you don't come here within the next like 30 seconds i'm gonna give these guys a ticket or something like that yeah i don't know whatever so whatever works it was strange it was very odd <laughs> um, um speaking of then strange, after that oh oh wait did you have something before go we go in no no i was gonna say we were going in so yeah so speaking of strange ryan and i both had general admission tickets and oh. red rocks is an outdoor amphitheater um it's got like these long benches all the way across i was like bet it's probably all ga so we just found two like yeah. bench spots and we're like all right cool First of all, another prime example of John telling me something without me bothering to fact check him. Yeah. Um, so there was like, there were maybe like five or 10 rows in the back. And then there was a yellow rope. And I was like, oh, maybe that's like reserve seating in the back. And then ahead of that is everything is general admission. Um, so we just plopped down somewhere. Great. Um, Found some great seats like in the middle of yeah. this, like right in the middle of the stage. Perfect. Um, not too close, not too far. So we're sitting there for a little while. Uh, Denzel Curry's doing his thing. We're like, great, whatever. Um, and then some people come up and like it starts filling in. We actually sat there through all of Denzel Curry, mm-hmm. like his entire hour long set. And then about 20 minutes of the like in between time when they were setting up for Glass Animals. Yeah. So like it starts filling in and then this like a like, couple people come up and they're like, oh, I think you're in our seats to the people next to us. And people start scooting around. I was like, seats? Like, what the fuck? Are you? <laughs> like, what do you mean there's seats? Like, I didn't even know there were row numbers until I went to the bathroom. Um, so eventually I come to the conclusion that we're the ones in somebody's <laughs> seats. Um, and that it's not all general admission. So I like 
get up and I'm like, all right, let's go. And Ryan's like, no, let's just stay here. It doesn't matter. Like, eh, whatever. <laughs> Neither one of us is, we cannot get on the same page when we're being conscientious. If one of us is being polite, the other one is always ready to just fight somebody. It never fails. And it's usually John who's willing to be the dick. But that time I was like, no, I like these seats. The girl next to me was on board too. She was like, why the fuck are we moving? Like, it's just a bench. And uh, John was like, Ryan, let's go. And I was like, fine. I don't want to fucking fight in public. Um, yeah. I mean, thanks to the girl next to us who was very helpful in telling us that there are two ropes. There's one in the front um, for general admission and there's one in the back. So behind that rope is general admission. It was fucking weird because we yeah. walked down and we couldn't figure out if there was room. It was There was a lot of standing room on the sides of the rows. Um, and then like one random attendant walked past and we grabbed her and asked like, where's general admission? It's row like one through 35 and then 55 to 70. So like pretty much the entire place except for 20 rows. Yeah. And, and uh, that just happened to be where we plopped down. Like, ugh, I don't know. What a weird way. I, there were also no signs that suggested that. So whatever. So... <laughs> We, we're standing on the sides and it, it wasn't going to be a great view. Like you could see the stage, but you were only going to hear one side of the music and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we were like, let's go up to the top. We both had to go to the bathroom. Uh, and let's see if we could just find a place to stand up at the top. It was like a, a seating picnic style area with like a bunch of places to get drinks. So we we're like, maybe there's railing up here that we can stand at. Um, so we go to the bathroom, we get back up the top and we're we're like okay there's a spot we can lean on this railing and we can like see pretty much over everybody in front of us and then all these girls keep coming up and they're like are you in line and we're like for what for what and they're like <laughs> the bathroom and we're like there's a bathroom it took us like 3 people asking us for us to realize that there was a single person like family bathroom that we were literally standing at the end of the line for um jokes on so us so we're like oh um i mean I got to talk to a bunch of cute girls, so it was fine. Um, I don't remember what I said to any of them, but I was apparently very charming because they were all laughing. Or I was just being really dumb. I think you were just like, yeah, no, we're not in line for the bathroom. And they were like, <laughs> I remember having a, a longer conversation with at least two of them. I just don't remember what we talked about. I know, you sent <laughs> so one of them away. You're like, the bathroom down there's faster. Oh, oh, yeah, that's what it was. Because, okay, so they were standing in this line for like five minutes and it didn't move. Yeah. So... I told the last girl in line, I was like, hey, we just came from the bathroom. We were on, I guess, on top of a museum of sorts yeah, or like a like welcome center mm-hmm. for the park. So that was where most of the bathrooms were. So I was like, hey, we were just down there and like there's a line for the women's room, but it's moving way faster than this is. Um, probably because there's more than one toilet. Um, so we're standing there for a little while and I noticed that the people in front of us on the railing that actually looks into the amphitheater, there was like odd gaps of like clearly there were people there by themselves and so there was like a girl a gap and then a guy and so i was like eh, john i'm gonna go ask if they're willing to let us stand there and he was like no don't it's fine we can see from up here he's like no 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 i'm gonna go ask i'm drunk enough i'm gonna go talk to them so i walk up and i'm like hey friends are you guys holding this spot for anybody and the guy next to me is like yeah actually right where you're standing and the girl's like no i'm here alone and i was like cool um my buddy and I are trying to watch this concert. We've had tickets for three years. Do you guys mind if we like stand up here? If there's only room for one person, he's tall and I can stand here and he can see over my shoulder. So like, and is that's that fine? What we did. They're like, yeah, that's totally fine. Yeah. So they kind of scooted to let us both in. And then somehow by the end of the night, we had turned a one person gap into three people with plenty of room in between us all standing on the railing. It works. Um, it works. But that girl became like our best friend for the night um Mm. which was challenging for both of us because she was half our height so that meant anytime she talked we had to like lean down like literally bend in two to hear what she was saying yeah um and so you were closer to her than me um so i would just keep asking you what she said (laughs) it's like and like I wasn't really going to talk to her at first. Like when I go to concerts, I usually flirt with girls, but it's also usually when they're like in DC. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't really interested in flirting with somebody who lived halfway to two thirds of the way across the country who I'd probably never see again and didn't have time to try to hook up with. Mm-hmm. Um, not to be a, a trash person, but like, you know, 
whatever. I wasn't going to hit on her. I didn't mind talking to her, but if I go to a concert with John, I want to hang out and talk to John. I don't want to hang out and talk to everybody else there. Oh. Um, so I'm trying to talk to John and he's like, where's she from? (laughs) (laughs) He's like pushing me to go talk to her. So I was like, fine, fuck it. So she and I start talking and we're, we're talking for like 10, 15 minutes. And then she goes to the bathroom and I happen to notice she's got this gigantic ring on her finger. So I tell John while she's gone, I'm like, she's, she's married, but it was too late at that point. She came back. She just wanted to keep talking to me because her husband was supposed to come to the concert with her, but he got sick and she was like, well, I'm fucking going still. And she sold his ticket for like $250. It's a general admission ticket that we paid $35 for three years ago. And she sold it for two fifty the night of, but she was like there alone and she wanted to talk to somebody and I'm always that person. So <laughs> we talked through most of the concert, but yeah, every time she'd say something, John like didn't want to participate in the conversation, but he wanted to know what was going on. So she <laughs> would tell me something. That's <laughs> my entire like, personality. Yeah. Literally like um, you guys were talking about a band or something and I was like, what band was it? He said two door cinema club. And I was like, Oh yeah, I love that band. (laughs) Yeah. So every once in a while, that's the great thing about John and I is odds are one of us is going to know what the other person, like whoever we're talking to, one of us is going to know what they're talking about. And we just play off of each other. So like one of us will start the conversation and then we'll just pull the other one in when we need them. So she would like talk about these bands and I'm like, I don't know, but he does. And then John would like, finish that little bit of the conversation then she'd talk about like how hard it is to be a nurse and john would tune out and i'd tune back in (laughs) i was like must be sorry um but i would say that was prop back to like the actual content purpose of this um the venue was amazing incredible easily the coolest concert venue i've ever been to so one of my favorite parts um obviously it was really cool as the sun was setting um the town was just golden essentially pardon my pun um but once the sun had gone down this huge red full moon started rising from the uh the horizon and like we followed it all the way up and what was super cool is it rose directly behind the denver skyline Mm -hmm. so at one point it was literally framing denver it was and it was massive gorgeous beautiful we tried to take pictures of it on our phone and it was like it didn't really capture the yeah. size of, and the scope of it. It was huge. Like, it took up a good chunk of the horizon. Yeah. Uh, so, I kept trying to take pictures of it with, like, one of the giant rocks that was jetting out of the mountain. Um, and I kept accidentally getting pictures of this dude who was, like, <laughs> like feeling himself, like, singing this, uh, all the songs. Um, so, now I have a ton of pictures of this guy just leaning, like, basically looking at the moon. And I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> And then he tried to take the same picture of me and it just looked like he was like stumbling down some stairs while he took the picture. Yeah, I don't know what was happening. <laughs> My phone was like, oh, um, I don't like that guy. <laughs> but the venue was genuinely gorgeous. One of the probably the coolest uh, venue we've ever been to. And I think for me, that was my personal favorite time we've seen Glass Animals. Um, I don't know that there were any like they're pretty consistent with their performances in terms of energy and like how good it is. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really hard to say like it was a, any of them were bad shows. I think this one was just better because of the venue. Yeah. Um, the, the great thing about glass animals is their lead is just an amazing entertainer. He is all over all the of stage. Energy. Yeah. He loves and engaging with the audience. His mom was at the concert. Mm-hmm. So, at one point, he, like, walked out into the crowd and, like, went up to this platform to, like, sing a song in the middle of the audience. Um, it was really, I mean, it was just a really cool concert. Um, oh, yeah. And getting to see a band that we both love at a venue like that was stunning. It was. Um, so I'm definitely going back to Denver, to uh, Red Rocks, to Golden. I don't know. Great, great place. However... All trips must come to an end. Um, And yours came to quite an eventful end. mm, So so we... Yeah, yeah, you go ahead. I'll start start because you had a a lot going on. So um, the next day we had like afternoon flights, I guess. Um, So we left the hotel in the morning. I had to drop off the car. We got it car washed. Um, All that lovely jazz. 
filled it up. It cost like a billion dollars. Um, it was almost a hundred dollars to fill up the tank. Yeah, because she was like, "It's premium gas only." It's like, God damn it. Um, so we go drop the car off, walk over to the you know airport. It was absolutely gorgeous, like of a day. Um, we I think it was the coolest day while we were there, temperature wise. Yeah, it was probably like seventy five degrees, just perfect temperature. Um, so we go inside. I have TSA pre-check. Ryan does not have TSA pre-check. And I was like, ah, suck it. Guess who finishes um, security first? As as we're going to security, he's like, if you get through security before I do, I'm going to kill you. And as we're making our way through the lines, I'm like watching him and we're paralleling each other like the entire time. And I had a lot more people in front of me, like three or four families of people. And... Lo and behold, I get through the the metal detector and all the checks and I'm putting my shoes on. I get my bag on and I look up and John is just shooting me daggers across the way. So like the line moved pretty quickly, but they were taking their sweet time looking through the bags, which like fine. I'm glad they're being thorough. It was thorough, a pretty but... busy day too. Yeah. But I was like, oh my God, come on. <laughs> like I should have gotten in the other line. The only thing that saved me was from taking my shoes off, but whatever. So we finally make it through there. We still have a couple of hours until my flight boards. Um, so I guess we just grab some food. There were a couple of characters in line at that Chick-fil-A. Oh my God. They both worked at the airport, but in different departments, I think. Something like that. Um, and they were just like talking to each other. The girl was... Uh, girl. They were both in their 50s. Um, the woman was clearly trying to hit on the dude and he wasn't not playing ball. But he was not as interested as she was. And so she kept like pestering him. But they were like 15 people apart. And we were always stuck in the middle. Um, so she was just screaming over top of us <laughs> to talk to this guy. Um, and keep in mind, before the day started, when I found out that we had to return the car at 10 a.m. or be charged for a full another day, John's flight left at 1.30. My flight was supposed to leave at 3.40. Mm-hmm, and when mm-hmm. I found out we were going to be at the airport at 10, I was like, absolutely not. I am not going to sit there till then. So I managed to find a flight that left at 1.55. So it was like pretty close to when John's left. I was like, it's going to suck to be sitting in the airport for three hours, but it's better than five. Yeah. So and- I had changed my flight the night before. Yeah. And United was like, all right, no problem. Um, no change fee. You tried to do it on the app. That didn't work. So you called a person. They figured it out. Great. Yeah. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. We get to the airport. We had lunch. I go over to my gate. Um, Ryan comes with me because he's still got a little time until his boards. Um, and then once mine starts boarding... Oh, God. First while, of all... Well, <laughs> while we're standing there watching yours board, we get the notification that my flight has been delayed from 155 to 240. So we already knew my flight was going to be delayed almost an hour. So yeah. all right. then we're standing of- there watching John's fl- plane board. First of all, um, so I was flying Southwest. This was the first time ever. I'm very familiar with most airlines and how some do things differently. Southwest, everyone knows, is like a free-for-all boarding process. You, The sooner you get checked in, the higher your number is. I was A6, so supposed to be the sixth person on the plane. There's like people lining up, and I was like, I don't know if they're going to let me in my sixth spot. Uh, they were actually very friendly about it. Um but then they start calling, you know, like military and, you know, people who need extra time getting on. One of the categories was families with children under 15. I was like, 15? Usually <laughs> it's under the age of two. Yeah, it's like like lap ch- children. Yeah. I was like, 15? Jesus Christ. So there was no way I was going to get the seat I wanted. Um, so I sat in the front. No big deal. Took off pretty much on time. Oh, lucky you. <laughs> So I left him before he started boarding. We were in two different terminals. So I had to take the train back over to my terminal, walk all the way to my gate, which is like halfway through the terminal. And I sat there for about mm, 40 minutes. And then the flight landed and disembarked. And it was supposed to take off at 2.40. At 2.21, they started boarding military and people who needed extra time to get on the plane. I was like, okay, there's no way we're leaving at 2.40. So while I'm still at the gate, they changed the takeoff time to 2.50. I was like, yeah, okay. Um, So my ass hits my seat at 2.30. My ass didn't leave that seat until 10.30 p.m. Eastern. 
So while we're on the plane and still boarding everybody, we get the notification across the app that the flight has been delayed till 3.20. And I was like, well, fuck. At this point, that's basically the same time as my original flight. <laughs> so I'm like, fine, whatever. Nothing I can do about it now. So I'm sitting on the plane. I have the window seat, mind you. Um, so not a ton of room. I at least had the ability to lean away from the people sitting next to me if I wanted to, but like not very far. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there and we finally leave the gate. We're taxiing out onto the runway. And then we just sit there for like 15 minutes. And all of a sudden the pilot comes over. He's like, Hey folks. So they're pretty sure that the plane's too heavy to take off from this runway. Um, but they're coming out to weigh us soon. Um, we should be in the air shortly. I'm like, first of all, how the fuck are they going to weigh an airplane while it's sitting on the runway? Um, they got a big ass crane that's going to come and pick us up. I don't know. How does that happen? They got all kinds of stuff. Um, so at about this time, Ryan had texted me. Um, I was like, oh, we're still delayed. And I was able to text him back because I had just landed in Philadelphia. (laughs) So we sat on the runway. They came and weighed us. Pilot comes back on. It's probably like four o'clock now. He's like, all right, so we are too heavy. They loaded the plane too much. Don't know how that happens. If you know how much the plane can weigh, why would you put more on? Um, So... Hmm. We're sitting on the runway. He's like, okay, so now we're trying to decide if we need to go back to the gate to unload or if there's a runway that's long enough for us to take off from. So please just, you know, thank you for your patience. I'll come back shortly. So I'm sitting on the plane doing a little Google Google. And apparently for a 737-900 series at full capacity, you need a runway that's 9,700 feet long to take off from. Can't imagine there's a whole lot of those that they just have on hand. What is so that, two I felt miles like almost? Yeah, uh, pretty close. So I was like, I feel like the decision should be pretty goddamn easy. Um, you should probably just go back and unload. Finally, at 4.30, keep in mind, this is almost three hours after the flight was supposed to take off. Um, they're like, okay, folks, so they couldn't find a runway that was long enough with the air traffic that's currently going on. So we're going to go back to the gate and like unload some of the luggage now keep in mind at this point the pilot has like the tiredness in his voice has started to creep in because he's like not super peppy he's like hey folks um he's probably mad as hell sorry oh yeah so we taxi back to the gate we sit there for 15 minutes and all of a sudden this old man near me stands up and flags down a flight attendant which is like the most aggressive gesture (laughs) excuse me, ma'am, ma'am, can I get off the plane? And I was like, oh God. And he's like, he had looked, his connecting flight was no longer available because he wasn't going to get in time. And there wasn't another one for two days. And he was like, I need to get off the plane. So they're like, okay, you can get off the plane. That's fine. After we've been sitting there for 15 minutes, then they make the announcement, hey, if you need to get off the plane, you can get off the plane. I was like, God damn it. Now we're going to have to like wait for all these people who want to get off and stuff. They unload the plane at 5.30. We pull away from the gate again. It is now almost four hours after the plane was supposed to take off. I have not stood up. I have not left my seat since 2.30. I've been sitting in the same seat for three hours. That was how long my entire flight was supposed to be. Now, I will say the flight crew was great. They stayed very positive. They stayed very friendly. They were bringing water to everybody. They were bringing snacks out. We finally take off at 5.55 in the evening. My original flight was supposed to land at about 5.55 mountain time. So I was not happy. Um, My flight finally got into Dulles at like 10.30. I had been in an airport for 12 hours. Um, I hadn't left a plane in almost seven. I hadn't stood up, couldn't get out of my seat. Um, I could have, if I wanted to, but I had two people next to me. I did make friends with the guy on the way back. He was very nice. He had had a much longer day than I did. He was flying out from Montana and he had been, uh, traveling since 6am. Um, and he had a business meeting the next morning at 8.30am in DC. So he had a very long day. We were talking, uh, about music cause his kid had just started playing trombone. So he was asking me a bunch of questions about, that and like suggestions i had so we we spent a lot of time talking about music i like 
talking to strangers on planes because it's kind of like talking to your taxi driver. You're never going to see him again. So you could just be completely honest with them about things that you really couldn't always be honest about. I swear to God, if somebody talks to me on a plane, I put in my headphones and I look the other way. Mostly because um, uh, I'll never see them again. What are they going to do? Track me down and kill me at my funeral? Well, if it's an elephant, maybe. Um, <laughs> like a nice callback to last episode. So we, uh, I, the reason we started talking was because they told us that there were outlets in between the seats. And for the life of us, we could not find them. It took us like 15 minutes to find the outlet. It huh. was the most convoluted shape. Anyways, it sucked. I finally got home at 11.45 p.m. My original flight would have been in two hours before that. Um, so I think the next time I go to Colorado, I'll be walking, um, mm-hmm. possibly biking out there. Maybe I can find a vengeful elephant that wants to go out, um, transport me. Um, but huh. yeah, other than that, the trip was amazing. We had a phenomenal time being in Colorado. Um I think we both have agreed that that's going to become an annual trip, whether it's us going to Colorado to see a concert at Red Rocks or if it's just going out to the Midwest to do some hiking. Seems like something we might like to do. Um, All right. And since it's been an hour and my phone is dying, we're going to wrap up (laughs) this season. um, Thank you guys so much for loving and supporting us through four seasons so far. Um, We're going to take a summer break. There might be some little uh, boop boop social media stuff. Our patrons on Patreon will get some great summer content. Um, and we'll probably see you back sometime after Labor Day with some pretty big changes and some new content. And some new foods. All right. So thanks again, everyone. Um, We'll miss you. Hope you miss us too. Um, If you don't, don't let us know. And you'll see us back in season five.